Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco. Welcome back to Punches and Punchlines. This week, Fritz and I are going to be breaking down the DAZN fights for July 9th, 2021 from Los Angeles with the headline fight of Zurdo Ramirez versus Sullivan Barrera and the other fights on that main card. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Hector Tanahara, 24 years old, coming in at 19 and 0 versus William Zapata, 25 years old, coming in at 22 and oh, uh, Franco, this started out as a fun fight. Mm-hmm. This was the first fight on the DAZN undercard. Uh, I really enjoyed it. The first two rounds, you know, Hector uh, Tanahara was, you know, moving around the ring and trying to box a distance. Then in the third round, he decided that uh, he was just going to stand toe to toe with Cepeda. Yeah. That, that didn't look like a great idea. No. Now, don't get me wrong. Tanahara was landing some shots. But the best way I could describe the difference is like Zapata, his punches were like like really good, like deli cuts. You know, like you go to your favorite deli and you get them to slice it exactly how you want it and you get the best meats. Like that's what the uh, Zapata shots were. And the Tanahara shots were like the Subway meat that you get. You know, it's prepackaged. I'm sure no animals were hurt in the making of it. You know, like they were there. And they were filling out the scorecard, but not quite as well as Zapata was doing. When that fourth round started, he tried to go back to the boxing, uh, you know, like moving around and keeping at distance. Yeah, yeah. But Zapata just kept landing those body shots mm-hmm. and just kept bringing them down and bringing them down where it was like you knew the end was not too far away. Yeah, he was hitting those body shots like he was like it was a bonus round in a video game. Like He was just loading up on them towards that fourth round. It was it was a fun fight. Like you said, it was entertaining. There was a lot of action when they did decide to go toe to toe. Probably not the best idea for Tanakara, but he did it. You know what I mean? We've seen some really boring fights in the last couple of weeks where you're waiting for that toe to toe. Let's just do this. And and the guy's throwing down and then it never happens. So even when it's a bad plan for one of the guys it still works out for us as far as being entertained now i already knew who was going to win this fight before it even started because Zapata came out first of all this was in los angeles uh mm-hmm. so it was another one of those outdoor los angeles fights where the crowd is like this weird california mexican crowd and you know like they're amped up but maybe not in the best way it wasn't a it wasn't at the punch bowl i know that I was waiting for them to say it. And then I'm like, oh, no, this isn't the same venue. <laughs> but I was I was going to start counting. I had my drinks all ready to start doing shots. And then uh, and then I realized that it was at a different location. But when Zapata came out, he had the mariachi hat. He had a jacket with like cool trim and stuff on. And then Tanakara and Tanakara came out and dude looked. he was wearing red and white but it looked like he was a giant Pokeball. Like, like he came straight out of the Pokemon video game. And then when he took off the robe and everything, the shorts were even worse because they were red. And then he had white, like on the front, like it came down in a V shape. So it looked like he was wearing a giant white diaper over his trunks. It was the stupidest look ever. It looked like he had depends on. And I was just like, this is, this is stupid. This guy, I hope he gets his ass beat. So it looks like he goes down in his white diaper, but he ended up staying up. I mean, he finished the fight kind of, or he finished the round and then they ended up stopping it between rounds. So 
you know, good on him, but those body shots, man, there's, there's no way that you could just roll through all of them and be okay. They really were some cool body shots, which was kind of like the story for a lot of the fights this night. It was, right. it was still worth it though. It was worth the watch. I'm looking forward to seeing Zapata again. This was his what? 21st knockout out of 23 fights, something yeah. like that. That sounds right. Yeah, that's cool. Like that. Those are the kind of fighters I like to watch. And I also wanted to give credit to uh, Tanahara's corner. They they had their guy came in undefeated as well, mm-hmm. and they still knew when their guy it was not their guy's night. You know, and after that round, I think it was round six, they just said, "Hey, we're done tonight." You know, come back and fight another day. And maybe it's because they they had already tried every different game plan they could against Zapata. Yeah, they didn't want him to end up you know shitting in that diaper that he wore into the ring. So. They just let it go. They're like, hey, man, you know, the the corner knew what was in the best interest of their guy. And they went about it that way, not worrying about the O, because as we've talked about before, somebody's somebody's O only counts to really matters to them. You know, it, it, yeah. it does not make me less of a fan of a guy just because he, you know, is willing to take challenges. Yeah. And credit to Tanakara for not going down. Like, yeah, he went out on the stool. And like you said, it was a stoppage that made sense, but he never hit the mat. Like I would have shit my pants and gone down rounds earlier most a lot of fighters would because those were really hard body shots so you know kudos to him for for staying on his feet and then uh, making it back to his corner without hitting the mat now is Zapata translated is that shoes or no no that's zapatos but his his nickname is el camaron which means the shrimp and I thought it was, you know, like they were trying to say he was small, but he's not that small of a dude. It turns out because when he was a kid, uh, he was training the one time and he got all red faced because he's kind of like me where he's like light skinned Latino, like half of my family is. And so he came, he came into the house. And his cheeks were all red from working out. And so they started saying he looked like a like a shrimp. And no, then Brian. so so the nickname stuck. And now he's El Camarón which uh, I'm always a fan of when somebody, when a boxer gets like a shitty nickname, like for something embarrassing. Like, oh yeah. You get all red faced when you're working out. Here is the shrimp now. So yeah, that's a uh, Zepeda, not shoes, but he is the shrimp. Sanisa Estrada, 29 years old, coming in at 20 and O versus Tanaki Tsunami, 36 years old, coming in at 28, 12 and one. <laughs> This was a fun fight, Franco. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to Sinisa Estrada uh, on Dizone earlier this year and immediately became a fan. She does everything extremely well. Like her footwork is really good. Her her defense is good, but she lands shots too. So you could see in that little frame that there's some power. Yeah. But she's so active as well that there's nothing boring about her fight. She's really a great all-around fighter. I was not disappointed this time around either. It was it was like a left hook clinic. I didn't count, but I would be willing to bet that she landed more left hooks in this fight than Tsunami landed punches total. Like it was that one-sided. Yeah, this was Estrada all the way and she's living up to the nickname super bad. It she looked awesome in there. I really liked this fight. At one point, I thought this is what women's boxing is supposed to be. And then I like stopped myself almost immediately. It's like, no, this is what boxing should be because they went toe to toe. Both of them were just going crazy on each other. It was lots of action. Both of them had really good footwork. Estrada's footwork is amazing, but Tsunami was right there with her. And this was kind of one of those cases to me 
where boxing scores can sometimes be misleading. Estrada, I had her taking almost every round. I think I gave like the fourth or something to Tsunami. There was one round where she just like went all in. She came in like the great wave off Kanagawa and was just pushing forward like um like an avalanche, like a tornado. I'm, Maybe I'm sure- like a tsunami. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But it was it was it was a lot of action and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was cool because Tsunami's hair was like bleached blonde and and kind of sitting flat like it was a short haircut, but all her hair was down. But as the fight went on, her hair started sticking up more and more. I don't want to say that she looked like an anime character because she's Japanese. However, she definitely looked like Bakugo, the one character from My Hero Academia, because all of her hair was sticking straight up by the end of it. And it was just like these blonde, ridiculous spikes everywhere. It was it was super entertaining. And even though Estrada took almost all of the rounds, at no point was Tsunami not in the fight, you know, like where she was just getting dominated or anything like that, or where you're waiting for it to get stopped. She was right there with her, which made the fight a lot more fun. Um. I don't know that she was in the fight. She didn't look like she didn't belong in the ring, but mm-hmm. it definitely looked like two different uh, skill levels going on there. Yeah. It looked like good versus great and I, nothing wrong with being good. You know, she was the champ coming into this, but I think it's your Asian love <laughs> that is blinding you to what was really going on because I, at no point that I, that I think like, Oh, Tsunami is still in this. Like, no, she she was just, I think the biggest difference between the two of them was the speed for, like I said, by the Mm. time this ended, I think Estrada landed more left hooks than Estrada, than uh, Tsunami landed punches. Uh, I think you're being blinded by your love of short, uh, cute girls because (laughs) (laughs) that's absolutely possible. But I, I do agree. And, you know, I for me, it wasn't necessarily the speed. I think the bigger difference was the power shots. Like Tsunami, just her punches were landing when she was landing them, but they didn't have the power that Estrada's punches had. Like Estrada's punches looked like they had some oomph to it. I think the thing that I liked about this is after seeing some of the really highly ranked female boxers go up against nobodies from like Eastern Europe or whatever, where it just doesn't look like a proper boxer. You know what I mean? Like we've seen some fights where they're, you know, it's Katie Taylor or whoever, and they're fighting over in England and they're fighting some nobody from Poland. And it just doesn't look like trained boxing. You know what I mean? We're in this one. Yeah. I was going to say, I definitely know what you mean, but it's, uh, it's less like the Katie Taylor fights where she has gone up against some competition. I think we saw Michaela Mayer go up against somebody that was just mm-hmm. hitting behind the head and, you know, hitting after the break yeah, and stuff like that. So I definitely remember the fights you're talking about, but it was on kind of that tier two level, you know, where in women's boxing right now, people can disagree with me all they want. I don't give a shit. Um, at the top tier, you have Katie Taylor, you have Amanda Serrano and you have Clarissa Shields. And then maybe you can, uh, even mix in if we're going to put a fourth one up there, Jessica McCaskill, Jessica McCaskill. All right. Mm -hmm. Like those are the four big names in my head, but then you have, you know, just below that fighters like Michaela Mayer, you have Shannon Courtney, my girl, Shannon Courtney. (laughs) And then I'm forgetting one other girl that is a complete badass, but she. I always say she looks like uh, half the girls in Mount Greenwood. Oh, um, Savannah Marshall. Savannah Marshall, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even I don't even think it's like yeah. So like I've seen some of their opponents where it's like all right, you have that tier two going against tier, tier nobody. Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then that's 
that's when it can kind of get ugly. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, at the end of the fight, uh, Estrada called out Marlena Sparza, and she was right there in the crowd and didn't get much of a reaction from it. But the thing that I really like about Estrada, she jumps weight classes like a crazy person. Like, I don't know what kind of diets she does, but she just jumps around all over the place and is just calling out anybody and everybody and then actually gets to that weight class no matter how high or low it is uh so i i would watch that fight i think it would be a fun one so yeah we'll just have to wait and see where she goes from here joseph diaz 28 years old coming in at 31 1 and 1 versus javier fortuna 32 years old coming in at 36 2 and 1 Franco, this was supposed to be the Ryan Garcia versus Javier Fortuna uh, mm-hmm. main event. And that makes sense as a nice main event. But after Ryan Garcia stepped away from the game for a little bit, Jojo Diaz got on uh, social media and was like, hey, I'll take the fight. I'll fill in. You know, he was having kind of a little bit of trouble uh, making weight at uh, 130 anyway. So maybe it was time for him to step up. Mm-hmm. And in this fight, it definitely looked like he belonged because his last fight, it was, a you know, the majority draw. You and I watched and he did not look great. All right. Mm-hmm. He did not look good. He looked fair. He looked like he deserved a draw, like he was lucky to get a draw in that one. Yeah. And maybe, you know, he cut the blonde uh, locks off and decided to really train for this one Mm -hmm. because he looked good. Other than losing that point uh, for hitting behind the head, I think in the fourth round. Yeah. um, He really looked good throughout this fight. And Fortuna is a good fighter. You could see the whole time. You're like, all right, this guy definitely has some skills where I could see where this would have been a good fight against Ryan Garcia. But hey, you can only fight the guy that's in front of you. He was just not as good as Jojo Diaz that night. I mean, he came in with two losses, Fortuna. All right. Mm -hmm. And he had only lost to Robert Easter, who was the champ. Mm-hmm. and Jason Sosa, which I've watched, you know, a half dozen of his fights. And he's always a really scrappy, like just a fun, fun fighter to go, mm-hmm. you know, to watch almost like a Danny Garcia. Like that's kind of who I would draw a parallel with um, Jason Sosa. And uh, the only fight Diaz had lost was to Gary Russell Jr. for the WBC belt. So, I mean, these were, you know, seasoned fighters, you know, 28 and 32 still in their primes. And this was a good fight. I was I was happy that the challenge was accepted when he started going onto social media saying like, hey, I'll fill in for Ryan Garcia. I'm OK. And, you know, good for him that he took it, made weight this time and won the fight. Yeah, I really like this fight. And I do like Jojo Diaz in the past. You know, he's kind of um, I'll put it in a nice way. He's an entertainer, you know, like. He's coming out there and he's putting on a show, which I can usually appreciate that when guys can back it up. But you hit the nail on the head. He looked right in this in this weight class or at the weight that he was sitting at. He didn't look like, you know, he wasn't worried about making weight as much. But they still said, I think that, they, you know, he was struggling to be able to cut weight and stuff. And it's like, wow, you came up and you're still like having to wear the sweats and everything. But he, he did it and he looked good against Fortuna. Now, first of all, screw Ryan Garcia. For, you know, if you legit back out for mental health reasons and then, you know, have to get yourself together, I was all like ready to throw my support behind him. Like, yes, that makes sense. And, you know, do you take care of you? media and and sports and all of that stuff it can be a lot and then he started talking shit about other fighters while he was on his break and it's like nah screw you like you gotta go do you go away from social media 
go away from the limelight and take care of yourself. And despite him backing out of this Fortuna fight, he kind of stayed in the limelight and just kept texting and tweeting and putting out stupid TikTok messages and stuff. And it's, I don't know, it, it, it totally turned me off of Ryan Garcia and kind of had me backing Fortuna. But then when Jojo Diaz came out and he had uh, King Bone rapping with him down to the ring, which that's a, a rapper from Aurora, Illinois, not too far from us. I like that. Like he was putting on a show and he wasn't even the headliner. He's kind of taking his shot to go up against Fortuna coming up in weight. And he just comes out all swagged out. He had like a Mexico sleeve and a USA sleeve and Jesus on his robe. And, and I'm like, Oh, this is great. I'm loving all of this. And then he took it off and he had the stupid fur on the side of his damn shorts. And I got so upset for the dumbest reason. I was like, no, I want Fortuna to win again. It was it was so dumb. I'm 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 sick of the furry shorts. But as far as the fight goes, JoJo looked good. I thought that he was the cleaner fighter. Fortuna busted him open in what was it, the second or the third round? Yeah, right? third uh, with the headbutt. Yeah, and they were saying, you know, everybody ruled it an accidental headbutt. They looked at the replay. They said it was accidental. I think I might be the only person in the world that was like, nah, that was on purpose. Like he kept leaning forward, and then when he did bust him open, he leaned forward. And then like popped up, you know what I mean? Like he pushed off of his heels and that's when he busted him open. That's on purpose. Right. What he did do? like, he did like the Simpsons thing. He's like, I'm going to be waving my head around here. If you get your face in front of it, that's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. And they even like two rounds before that, uh, I think Mannix might've been talking about how Fortuna's known to sometimes bend the rules a little bit and be a little bit of a dirty fighter. And so then I'm looking for it. And yeah, he like did this little jump right into Jojo Diaz's face and busted him open above the eye. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean that was accidental? Like, you know, I guess. So I was, I was kind of annoyed by that. And then when they took away the point for the rabbit punching, you know, both guys were doing it, but both guys got warned. Jojo kind of threw a late punch that was behind the head. So it made sense to take away the point. But that dude came out so mad. Like, you know, in a Bruce Lee movie when they would draw blood and then he would taste his own blood. And yes. then, you know, then the other guy was going to get it real good. That's what this felt like. He just came in blazing. And then Fortuna took it back a little bit and kind of controlled it. It was a good close fight. I thought it was closer than some of the scores said. The one judge's score was like 117, 110. I had it 115, 112, but I still had it clearly Jojo Diaz winning it. You know, I I liked this fight and I thought he did well. I can't believe you went with a Bruce Lee reference instead of your usual WWE reference. You know, like I was thinking, oh, he's going to talk about like Hulk Hogan where he gets hit <laughs> and then he just keeps getting, every time he gets hit, he just... The Hulkamaniac uh, <laughs> meter goes up and he's just ready to go crazy. Again, I think that just proves my point about Tsunami, that you're uh, you're really going heavy Asian love this time. And uh, <laughs> you just sealed the deal right there. Yeah, it's uh, hulking up. It's known as hulking up where, <laughs> where you, you, you know, sell the punches and you just keep like shaking and, and getting the crowd mm -hmm. into it. Um, you know what? All those references are still better than when in the fifth round, Mannix threw out a Hamilton reference. I don't know if you heard it. I watched most I was, of these fights. Oh, I was just going to say, I watched I watched without sound. Ah, see, I did that with most with the first two fights. Uh, I was at Disney World for the week. And uh, so I was watching it in line, but I didn't have my headphones. So I had the volume all the way down. And it was great watching it without the commentary. Because when I watched it with the commentary, he... God, they were just so cringy, and both of them were starting to irritate me. And then Mannix goes, Jojo Diaz is just like 
uh, Hamilton where he's not going to throw away his shot and then he let it rest for a beat. And I was just like, oh, God, like it was so cringy and so stupid. I don't know. All of the commentary for this weekend was trash. After the fight, Jojo called out Ryan Garcia and Devin Haney. I don't know. Is there one that you would prefer to see? Well, I think that Ryan's going to come back and go for whatever the biggest name is going to be that's going to draw the biggest paycheck. And I don't blame him. And I don't think Jojo Diaz is that fight for Ryan Garcia. This was for the interim lightweight champion. So as far as I understand the WBC, this makes Jojo Diaz the mandatory for Devin Haney. And this would be Haney versus Diaz would be a really fun fight. Yeah, I think both dudes are super skilled. I think Haney is a little faster, but I also think that Jojo Diaz is a little craftier. So we'll see which side of the coin. I think if the line came out tomorrow, that Haney would be the favorite, Mm -hmm. but I could see it being a really close fight. And I would love for that to get made. Gilberto Ramirez, 30 years old, coming in at 41 and 0 versus Sullivan Barrera, 39 years old, coming in at 22 and 3. Now, for anybody who's not seen this fight, I'm going to tell you, you really don't need to. I'm going to break it down uh, enough that you'll feel like you had seen this one because this is kind of like a a rerun of what I've seen happen in boxing before. This was the old rising star, you know, catch a rising star versus catch a falling star. 39 years old. Barrera's best days are behind him. Mm -hmm. And he's had some good days. Don't get me wrong. Like Barrera is not a joke, but his good days are, are past. And this is now two losses in a row for Barrera. Three out of his last four that he's lost. His days of title contention are done. Now, Ramirez, he'd been, you know, semi-inactive, but just dominated every part of this fight. Unless you, you know, want to see, you know, Barrera's kind of last headlining fight. That would be the only reason why he'd really watch this. You know, it was just completely one-sided. And with the knockout in the fourth, it was like, all right, well, at least I don't have to watch eight more rounds of this. You know, it was like, we've already established that Ramirez is way better. Uh, let's just, let's just let him uh, leave the ring with some brains intact. Yeah. The beginning of this fight was kind of slow. They were both throwing a lot of punches, but there wasn't a, you know, any crazy action or anything. Uh, but then in the third Barrera ended up eating a really rough body shot like right to the stomach. It was a hook that put him down uh, and he kind of like it took him a second and then he took a knee, got up. And then in the fourth, it was just so many body shots that looked so rough and it wasn't a lot of shots to the head, you know, more body shots than a Ron Jeremy video. It was disgusting how many <laughs> shots he was taking. But then when he finally, he took another hook to the belly and this one, it took him like a couple, like it was a good, one and a half to two seconds he took a couple steps away and then took his knee where it, yeah, it almost looked like he ran as far away as he could get from him before he took the knee like <laughs> all right I, I need i need this extra one and a half seconds because uh yeah i think he just bruised my liver i need i need to take a, a knee for a second yeah well and then it had that little small flurry and then it was over rough stopped the fight but uh, there was a lot of things around the fight that were irritating me. Zordo Ramirez came out with a really cool ring walk. I was all for all of it. He had like a banda singer. I don't know who it was, but he was singing live next to him with like the you know band going off in the background. It was super cool entrance. Every all of the pomp and circumstance to it, uh, you know, it checked off all the boxes for me. But then 
they kept pushing this whole road to 51 and 0 thing. Like they kept saying road to 51 and 0 and, you know, in the video packages and stuff. Other guys have made it to 51 and 0. It's just they kept going and then they eventually lost. They didn't retire at 51 and 0. So, you know, just because that's Floyd Mayweather Jr.'s number or whatever. He's like 49 and 0. Is it 49 and 0? Who's 51 and 0 then? Um, well, nobody. I don't think anybody's 51 and 0. BoxRec might put uh, Floyd at, four, at 50 and 0. Gotcha. But there's no way that last fight counts against a guy who never boxed before in his life. In my head and... On my show, I will not recognize the goddamn 50th win. So he is 49 and 0, and uh, that's that. Yeah. See, to me, I was like, who cares? Kind of like you said at the beginning of the show, that O really only matters to the boxers themselves. And, you know, I guess there are fans that, you know, that everything is all about that record. But how much weight is that record carrying? Now, Zordo Ramirez has faced some dudes, but uh, who cares about 51 and 0? And even worse, even worse, you're at 41 and 0. Are you saying that you're not going to fight anybody with any kind of talent for the next 10 fights or nine fights? Like you still got a ways to go before you start hyping up that number. Go against the best fighters that you can get. Now, at the end of it, he called out um, Baval, which that, you know, that okay. would be a Dimitri cool fight. Baval, good call. Yeah, I, I would like that one. Like, that would be a good fight, but maybe it's a little bit of a stretch since you're like, this is in the light heavyweight division. Has has Badu Jack, is he a heavyweight now or is he light heavyweight? I think he is light heavyweight, the 175. So yeah, like, like B-Ball's to... 175. These guys are light heavyweight 175. You know, like that that match makes sense to me. I think that would be fun, but I don't know that he's, like Sullivan Burr just didn't show enough to me for me to say oh yeah like that's who he should be taking on next if anything maybe a badu jack would be a good fight and you know like a little bit more even and then you take on baval but either way i think the fights would be fun i'll i'll watch it you know when zerto ramirez comes in again i thought he looked good but i didn't think he looked like a world beater he didn't look amazing to me there wasn't anything where i was like oh look at that speed or ah look at that power the the body shots were great but that was that was it. It was it was a, a one note song for this fight. And, uh, you know, hopefully he'll, he's able to get a big fight and then he's able to show more. We'll just have to wait and see when you're leaving your body open that wide, though. I can't blame him for just taking the easy money, you know, like, all right, there's your, your body. You're going to leave your body that <laughs> wide open. All right. I'll just pummel you, you know, so I can't blame him. Now that you brought up possible next opponents, here's what I, I'm predicting. And I, I hope I'm wrong. But, uh, you know who fights at 175, also a Mexican fighter, fights at 175, former WBC middleweight champ, disappointment to his dad and his friends and his family. That's who I see him taking on next. Junior is going to be taking on Ramirez. It'll (laughs) be a big event. I hope I'm wrong. Once you started talking, I'm like, oh, you know what is going to sell some tickets? That will. (laughs) I only want to see it if we do go WWE style and make it into a casket match so that you have to knock the other guy into a casket. Once the casket is closed, you officially win and the other guy has to retire. That way we can stop seeing Chavez Jr. disappoint not only his family, but his entire country and anybody who's ever rooted for him, myself included, because at this point it's embarrassing. And uh, like I I can't even watch his weigh-ins without like, cringing and being embarrassed for the poor guy yeah on twitter somebody quoted chavez saying like 
well, I don't plan to retire anytime soon. I'm like, well, what about on your stool? I bet that that's going to happen. You'll retire a few more times on your stool before you just hang up the gloves and walk <laughs> away. So hope I'm wrong. All right, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please remember to uh, subscribe so you don't even have to think about it. Whenever we get an episode out, we will get it right to you. You know, your phone will just say, hey, guess what? You have something joyful here because Fritz and Frank will record it in an episode. You can just sit back and listen. It'll be wonderful for you. We had a lot of fun. Uh, some good fights there in California. And this Saturday coming up, July 17th, will be uh, Charlo versus Castaño for all the 154-pound belts. So looking forward to that. We'll be breaking that down next week. Yeah, hopefully we'll also be breaking down a Raleigh Romero loss. I believe he's on the undercard. That'll That'd be, be wonderful. Yeah, that's my favorite guy to root against. So I'm uh, looking forward to the fights this weekend. And make sure you tune in for uh, next week. Once we get that episode up, tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word, and we will talk to everybody again soon. Thank you for listening to Punches and Punchlines. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. And we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor.